deciding who wins the game on this call. Without further ado, the call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West, and my sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD. What's going on, brother? How we doing? It's playoff time. Yeah, man. This is when the real stuff begins. Oh, man. The regular season is over, and the playoffs are here, and we actually have something to cheer about. So that's pretty weird. Awesome. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. All of my other teams and the other sports are tanking, so I'm going to need the Bears to carry us all the way into february hey how many kids did you have the last time the bears were in the playoffs uh probably i don't know one or two i can't i don't know if glenn was born yet or not but uh i I believe the answer is you had one Uh, 2010 right was the last time the bears were in the playoffs yep so she was born eh, so i had one yeah 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 and now you got three that's how long it's been. Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, that that being said, uh, it's uh, it definitely kind of a relief. We're in 2019 here. We get through the holidays. Uh, you got uh, you got anything on tap for the new year, buddy? Uh, no. <laughs> I I, tr- I tried to I tried to get into the line and Google's Barry Shandy and it, it was good uh, just this late at night that kind of sugar is not uh not playing well with me so we switched back to the old sleepy time tea like the old man that I'm feeling like <laughs> oh man yeah I've been uh, I've, I'm vowing I don't want to say it's a resolution because uh, I think resolutions are too easy to break and um, I, I, I did the whole school thing for the last several years and kind of ignored my, my health a little bit. So I'm, I'm down to get my fitness back in, in line. So I've, I've given up pop and sugared drinks and whatnot. So the past couple of days have been a little, uh, a little, little bit of, I don't want to say a struggle, not a struggle, but just trying to be good. And, and so, but I did, I did crack a beer here tonight. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cutting back that for the most part too, but you know, we're recording and it's playoffs. So I tapped open a, uh, energy city brewing milkshake, Nawi pineapple. So he, <laughs> Everything about that said sugar, sugar, sugar. Oh yeah. New England style. <laughs> India pale ale brewed with pineapple, lactose, and vanilla. But this is anytime I get something from Energy City, they make some really delicious stuff. And if I'm just gonna have one, I want I want it to be good. So uh, I just I like that it was you know I'm working on giving up sugary drinks, and then you start off with the name Energy City, which just screams sugar in your face, and then every word after that was like sugar blinking behind it. Well, it, was, it was just amazing. Well, <laughs> Energy City is the is the name of the brewing company, and um, thankfully uh, beers don't have uh, caloric labels on them. So. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, I did say I will say that um, for breakfast and lunch today I had dry Cheerios and that's it. So uh, I, oh kind yeah. of, okay, kind, you earned it. Kind of made kind of making <laughs> up a little bit, you know. I, I kind of yeah. earned it today. So at um, least you didn't put the beer in your Cheerios. Oh, that would have been a whole new level of depressing. Yeah, 
yeah, or college. I don't know, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, did you uh, have any success in week seventeen? No. <laughs> um, so there's this comedian named Mike Berbiglia, and he has this bit where he it's uh, what I should have said was nothing. So what I should have played was nothing. I, I had all my lineups set. I was confident. I was good to go as you normally are. I wasn't even tinkering. I was all set because I had everything based off of Devontae Adams and Kenny Galladay both playing. My lineups were built around those two. You know, that was my cornerstones. And, you know, we get the news, you know, before game time, hey, they're not going to play. Normally not that big of a deal. I can spend some time and and rework my lineups. Well, I was helping a a buddy of mine move into their new house Sunday morning. So I, I got the news and I saw it and I was like, okay, I'll have time. We'll be done moving or whatever. Well, I'm an idiot and I, I didn't have time. So I, at the last minute, went through and did, you know, mass late swaps. So what I should have done was withdraw all my extra entries and just play, you know, my weekly, like our weekly tournament and the head-to-head that I have. And it would have really helped me out uh, as far as capping my losses. But having those two inactives come in that late while you're busy and not being able to really rework your lineup uh, that killed me. So, uh, <laughs> I did not have much success, not even in our bets. I, I won one of them. Uh, you know, we had the bet on Jeff Wilson and we set the over under 13.2. He comes in at under a point because I think he got hurt in he that did. game. He got hurt right away. Uh, we had Keith Kirkwood straight up against, uh, Traquan Smith, you know, Kirkwood in a smash spot, you know, because Michael Thomas is out. I didn't think they were going to use too much Traquan. You know, they're not going to use Ted Ginn. And Keith Kirkwood gets zero targets. So I lost that one. Uh, Our head-to-head, you beat me uh, by 20 points, almost 20 points. It was like 19.6, but still. Um, Mostly because of the flex spot and the defense. Uh, You had had Tyreek Hill in, and I had had Darren Sproles in. Other than that, we matched up pretty good. Uh, We were all on the same wavelength there. Well, and, and I don't mean, I think we had to avoid that one uh, because Devontae Adams was my pick and he didn't play, so I had to put somebody else in. So, yeah, well, you know, I talked about how I thought the Vikings defense was going to have a good day. And again, I said, I, you know, I hoped I was wrong and thank goodness I was, but that, you know, they turned in zero points. So, I mean, all around, man, I, I was like that little kid in Little League that would stand in front of the pitch to take a walk because. I couldn't hit a thing to save my life. So lessons learned for me um, is week 17 is tricky. Um, It's important to really pay attention to late news. And um, obviously, I I also had Devontae Adams as as a corner of my cash lineup. And uh, I don't even have to do the math because I won 0.0% of cash. And it's never I've never had a week even remotely close to this bad but my lineup just absolutely tanked I finished uh near the bottom of the $25 double up and didn't even come close I only scored 94.1 points and uh it had you know I had to do some jostling around there last minute um and, and I should have gone with the, the easy savings uh, with Dwayne Washington from New Orleans, and that would have landed me in a couple different spots. But what it boiled down to is I prioritized Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And while, you know, I just thought they were in such smash spots, um, they didn't, they, they easily won, but they didn't have to do much for their team to win. So. Uh, when you spend that much money on those two positions um, and, and some of the other chalk fails, uh, here's looking at you, Robert Woods and Juju. Um, those those guys just, everybody tanked there. Yeah, there were a lot of chalk 
that that tanked. You know, players that should have had plenty of volume and just did absolutely nothing this week. And so, part week. A, a big part of that is it's week seventeen. There's teams that are um, out of it, so they're not going to play their guys that are you know banged up or you know superstars as much. Or there's guys who are um, getting ready for the playoffs, so they're going to try to rest their stars if they don't need them to get in. And uh, and then there's there's teams that are just you know games where they're both way out of it, and and you just don't know what kind of wackiness is going to go on. So fortunately for me. I hit on on a tournament lineup or two, and um, and I just want to run through this lineup real quick because had I made um, one slight adjustment, I rather than hundreds of dollars, uh, I'd be talking about thousands of dollars profit, which is a little frustrating, but it's it's it feels good to be able to have a little bit of a sweat and get a lineup up towards the top. So, um, I, this, this lineup finished, uh, 35th, I think in the, um, edge listener league and also finished 112th in the big $300,000, uh, nickel three max, uh, three entry max, uh, championship, um, which was, uh, let's see how many entries, 112th out of. 71,343. So, um, this lineup was, uh, Josh Allen, uh, DJ Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Tyreek Hill, and Chiefs defense. Um, and also, and, and also in this lineup were Jeff Wilson and Ian McKenzie who combined got 0.9 points. So when you put up 205.86, but you only get 0.9 out of a, two positions, uh, you see real quick, if, if I would had anybody in there, um, I easily could have been in the top five in these tournaments. Uh, frustrating, but also a little bit exciting here. Jeff Wilson got hurt. I don't think he was a bad play. He just ended up getting hurt. And uh, Ian McKenzie was the guy I paired with Josh Allen as kind of his stack. And, uh, you know, I easily could have picked uh, Zay Jones. I just didn't end up there. I, I thought McKenzie would be low-owned, and you never know. He's had a couple of decent games. He was low-owned. He was less than 1%. So um, I did profit week 17. Uh, no thanks to my cash lineup, though. Hey, profit is profit. <laughs> you got to take it where you can get it. That, that's right. That's right. Like I said, I've been playing the cash as a way to kind of study myself so I could take my shots at the tournaments and, and knowing that here and there a tournament's going to come through. Um, just so happened to come through when I needed it the most because the cash didn't do anything to help my bottom line. But... Uh, that being said, um, we do have an exciting uh, group of matchups here. It, maybe not for the wild card weekend. I mean, maybe not the most uh, offensively minded games, but uh, a lot of evenly matched contests. So why don't we, uh, I think this week, rather than just making a player pick, we're kind of just going to go through the games a little bit. Not not too far in depth, but just kind of give our thoughts. So let's go ahead and kick it off with what's the first game? That's Seattle and Dallas, I believe. Yeah. Or wait. And, uh, and are they the first game on Saturday? Let me see here. So unorganized. We are super professional so, and highly prepared. Oh yeah. No, no. We're we start off with Indianapolis at Houston, which probably uh, would be 
we're looking at the highest total on the weekend. Um, you got uh, the Colts going in. Um, Andrew Luck has had a couple of decent games against Houston. And uh, it's divisional matchups. So uh, Andrew Luck has had a a tremendous season, you know, based on what we knew coming into the season, he was looking, uh, you know, sketchy at best because nobody knew how his shoulder was going to hold up. And, uh, he's put, you know, they, the Colts did a good job of putting a, an offensive line in front of him, which is something he never had before. So they kept him healthy and clean and he put up a lot of really nice games this year in the high 20s DraftKings wise uh, he Houston and their last meeting in December he put up 27.56 and in the first meeting against Houston earlier in the year he put up a whopping 39.66 points um, probably one of the guys I'm looking at on this slate uh, as a quarterback to make some tournament stacks with. Yeah, I mean, it's the second highest priced QB on the slate, uh, you know, and with good reason, uh, second only to Deshaun Watson, you know, on the other side. Uh, you know, you're building a, a cash lineup, then, yeah, you know, you're probably probably looking at that route. My concern is and we've seen this when teams play each other a second time within a short period of time is that it becomes more of a defensive matchup. Uh, any concerns about these two teams coming in and going, you know, under the what the Vegas total is? I think it's what at 48 right now, it's the highest one on the slate by five points. Mm, I don't, I don't know. You know, the, the, the funny thing is. Both of these defenses tend to be um, fairly strong against the run, but um, a little weaker on the back end and, and tend to give up uh, points through the air, which uh, could lead to a shootout, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, the potential's there. It's just this is the third time they will have played each other this year. Uh, you know, and like I said, the first two were, you know, just points galore uh definitely looking uh, i think either qb is a good play i think you get the rushing obviously upside with uh, deshaun watson which is why his price is 300 dollars more than andrew luck uh running back side of it where would you lean would you lean more towards lamar miller or marlon mack if, if i had to choose one in this game i would pick lamar miller uh i think that uh that that front line, front four of Houston, anchored by J.J. Watt, is uh, pretty tough on the run. And I don't. And and Marlon Mack doesn't get much of any work through the air. Um, so especially when yep. you factor in price, um, I much rather pay forty nine hundred for Lamar Miller than Marlon Mack in this game. Yeah, I. I the the receiving is actually a good point in that uh, I actually have been looking at Naeem Hines uh, in this spot just because at uh, 3,500, uh, I don't see any reason why he doesn't get three, four receptions. And that right there, you know, you've already hit price. So then whatever you're getting out of yards is just your bonus. Uh, you know, if you, can, if you can get yourself 10, 15 points out of, you know, a 3,500 back, it's not bad. Yeah, definitely a guy that's in play for me uh, as well. Uh, I, I actually, uh, he, he's. I think he might fly under the radar a little bit. So um, he's only projected on uh, fantasy labs at a nine to twelve percent ownership, and uh, that and that might seem a little bit high, but when you think about um, a four-game slate, everybody is going to be higher owned than what you would normally see on a full slate. Uh, so you shouldn't let that deter you too much. You shouldn't um, let projected ownership uh, steer a, 
overly your decision making. It's just how you're going to put them together is how it's going to make it contrarian or not. Um, but well, what about receiver? Are you looking at anybody outside of Hopkins or Hilton? I was just going to say um, that this game, the most exciting part about this game is the receiver position. I don't think that you want to fade DeAndre Hopkins in, in just about uh, anything, be it cash or tournament. The guy has been a monster. I want 112 receptions this year. No drops? Are you kidding me? This guy's got glue on his hands. Um, and, you know, Watkins just continues, or Watson looks for him everywhere. So um, I, I definitely love me DeAndre Hopkins. T.Y. Hilton has had huge games against the Texans, so I will have some bit of him probably in tournament. I, I don't think you can pay up for both of these guys um, in a cash lineup, but uh, it, it is to be mentioned that uh, he's been nursing that ankle injury, and while I think he will play, you might want to look at one of the cheaper price Colts um, as a way to uh, have a little bit of variation and contrarian, as well as... Um, Keep an eye on Kiki QT. He hasn't played in several weeks, but the games he has played, he has been a target monster. He's had games with 9 and 15 targets when he was healthy. Uh, they're saying he's a game-time decision. So if, if he is determined to be out there, um, healthy enough to be out there, he could be someone that, that nobody's going to be on that could could be a surprise. Then if he doesn't play, DeAndre Carter for Houston is that other low-priced guy who is going to get some action. Yeah, I, I'm looking more at Carter. Just uh, QT has not been reliable enough as far as how many games he's played. And uh, I think even if he does play, uh, the fact that Thomas isn't playing opens up that door for Carter as well uh, to get enough targets. And, you know, like what we said, is likely going to be a shootout. Uh, the Hilton play, yeah, the guy's nursing an ankle injury, but it, he's still been really good in the last couple of weeks, even with that injury. Um, not at 100%, but still, you know, his his 80% seems to be pretty damn good. Uh, if you're a little bit more concerned about that, you might want to lean over into getting Eric Ebron. Uh, we've talked about it before. He's getting the volume of a receiver uh, with a tight end price at 5,200. Oh, yeah. Ebron right here is a play who's uh, actually, I, I right now he's, he's top of uh, my model, and he's looking like he may be my most cash viable play. Houston is not good against the tight end position. Um, and Eric Ebron, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, has had uh, 30 uh, red zone targets and 15 red zone receptions, um, resulting in nine touchdowns. Uh, so he's been a touchdown monster this year. Houston does not play the tight end well. Definitely looking at Ebron. Um, Jordan Thomas could be a dart play. I don't know. Yeah, I think Jordan Thomas is a good GPP play. Uh, um, I think we've pretty much exhausted you know, all the options. I'm not looking at either defense. No, I think that's one, one place you fade, though, if you're looking for savings or trying to, you know, just throw a dart up there, you know, put a small percentage on one in a GPP if you think they could be prone to turnovers. But um, we know Indy doesn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, even though Houston gives up one of the highest sack rates in the league. It's kind of a neutral matchup when you consider the strengths and weaknesses. So um, let's go ahead and move on to 
the second game on Saturday, which is the aforementioned Seahawks at Cowboys. What do you uh, what do you think about these two quarterbacks? Uh, well, I mean, you you've got possibly I don't I don't know if I want to go this way, but Russell Wilson in big games is just so much fun to watch. Uh, it's it's like kind of like I think what Deshaun Watson's going to do as his first game in the playoffs. I mean, the guy gets under the lights and he just balls out. Uh, Russell Wilson's kind of the same way for me. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to uh, watching how those two teams play each other. They, again, this is the second time they've met this year. You know, a lot of things has changed. Dallas uh, now has Amari Cooper, which has opened up their pass game, which has thus opened up their run game, and you know, vice versa. Uh, no Cam Chancellor and the Seahawks. So th- I expect this to be more potential of a defensive battle than the uh, Indianapolis-Houston game, obviously. Uh I think they're very matched in the run game, but I think Russell Wilson is what sets, uh, you know, sets these two teams apart uh, and gives the Seahawks a, a slight, slight nod in this one. So uh, I think playing either running back is, you know, you can't go wrong with Zeke Elliott and Chris Carson. I mean, I don't think this, I don't think any teams run the ball more than the Seahawks this year. So, uh, and Chris Carson has become that bell cow. So I like it. Um, I'm looking at Russell Wilson and Chris Carson. Maybe, maybe I will uh, throw in a, a Tyler Lockett just to, to do a, a game stack uh, there on the, on the Seahawks side. Uh, coming back on the other side, I don't think Prescott's a terrible play uh, and from a GPP standpoint, but I'm not playing him in cash. Yeah, no. It, it, Prescott... It, and you know he he, I I don't play him. He goes has a good game. I do play him. He burns me. Tried playing him in cash. The guy I don't know, just he's. I just think he's still developing as a quarterback. I know he's in what year three or whatever. Um, it it is nice to see him with a good weapon in Amari Cooper. Uh, I just don't think that Dak has the upside and. Yes, this this um, game is a couple of running teams. They, um, so unless one of the teams gets out to a little bit of a lead, you, you're probably not going to see them open it up too much. Now, that being said, Russ Wilson does have a flair for the moment and uh, – very well could put stuff up but he yeah and he's he's got the uh, rushing ability um i guess it, it's just i i my gut on this game is that dallas controls it pretty well and i think it'll be a lower scoring affair um you touched on it you, you know maybe wanting to play zeke Zeke is locked into any lineup I think I make this weekend. The guy with his involvement in the passing game and his rushing um, is just, I don't think that there's anybody on the slate that has close to the floor or the ceiling that he has. And um, he's, he's just uh, He's the safest play, I think, on this slate. Um, Chris Carson has had some good games. Uh, I don't hate him, but I wouldn't want to play two running backs from the same game. Um, I Maybe if you were to decide you were going to fade Elliott in a lineup or two, um, playing Chris Carson is a nice uh, leverage against that. Um However, uh, I, I, I have a hard time fading Elliot. He's, he's, he's been, he was really good at the start of the season. And since they traded for Amari Cooper, his, it, it opened things up for him even more. 
Yeah, I, I think you just you get into a situation. We talked about how you're gonna have to play DeAndre Hopkins. Now you're you're gonna have to play Zeke Elliott. Now that's you know seventeen thousand seven hundred out of your budget already. You know, it, building around those two. While it's not a bad idea, you just may find to prove difficult or be comfortable with on a four-game slate. But you know that's all. Well, it's just going to be a matter of roster construction. The thing for of you. it is, is there's so much value out there that I don't think it is that hard to fit them both in. Well, and that brings up a point that scoring is going to be lower this week. Yeah, typically you would with with less uh, less option. I mean, the the matchups this weekend are are matchups that are more defensive uh, focused. Now next weekend when we bring in the elite offenses with Kansas City, New Orleans, the Rams, and the Patriots, you're going to probably see an uptick. But uh, Well, I'm just talking to, uh, across the board. you got to figure uh, the lowest amount of games you've had on a slate, what, what, 10 or 11 games on a slate that you had all these options for. So your overall like GPP or tournament scores are going to be obviously higher because of the amount of variation you can have and, oh, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But I since mean, it's, since it's condensed now, you know, you had to be above 200 to be, you know, top 20, you know, now you may be able to do it at the, you know, 190 mark, you know, 180. So that's all I'm saying. Oh, sure. Sure. But, um, any, uh, let's see any other receivers besides, like I know you brought up Lockett. Uh, Mari has been pretty solid. You, I think I want to touch on him a little bit in the, um, in some tournament lineups. I don't think he's getting cash consideration at this point. Uh, yeah. So I mean, Doug Baldwin. I mean, when we're talking about this game. You can't not talk about Doug Baldwin. The connection that him and uh, Wilson have. It, it. I mean, it's good. Uh, when Russell gets in trouble, that's where he looks. He looks for 89 first. Uh, you know, lock it your your home run ball. You know, he's your he's your uh, Tyreek Hill on that team. Like, you know, he's going to be your home run. Whereas Doug Baldwin's your, you know, to stay in it, your Travis Kelsey. That's where I'm going to look first to get rid of the ball. So, uh, you know, he's going to get the numbers. And at 2,500 less than Hopkins, I don't think it's a terrible play. Like, if you, you know, if, if you decide not to go up to Hopkins, I think dropping down to Baldwin isn't a terrible play. You know, expect that you're probably going to have, you know, five less targets, maybe. Oh, but. at least. Hopkins, I mean, I think on the low end, Hopkins gets 12 targets, and I could see him getting 18 to 20. That's just how much they throw towards him. And, and, and... He might get as many targets as Seattle throws the ball in the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just saying from a from a you're going to try to focus your money on playing, you know, a uh, Andrew Luck and a Zeke Elliott, where you're, you're playing higher on those other spots. You've got to save money somewhere. You're going to have to. From a roster construction standpoint, I don't think coming down to Baldwin is is terrible. That being said, I will have Hopkins in a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about what about Jarwin? Do you play Blake Jarwin at all after his blow up last so, week? So his his usage has been going up, and uh, it seems that they finally found the tight end that they want to. Um, utilize the most in the passing game uh if if you were to come down from zach Ertz or eric ebron uh, he he's definitely a consideration i i don't want to go overboard um on it but in the same vein if if you were trying to uh play some leverage and 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 not play elliot or or want to overstack the Cowboys offense. He's shown the ability to uh, make some big plays. He, he didn't actually, I think even play the most tight end um, routes 
for the Cowboys last week, but he def definitely made the most of them. Um, yeah, I mean, he had, he had what, three of Prescott's four touchdowns? Right. Uh, so, you know, in, in a game where they were resting Elliott and and then, you know, who knows what who knows what the hell the Cowboys were doing last weekend? I can't make There's, much sense of it. There was so much stuff that didn't make sense <laughs> last week, and that that was just that was just one of them. So, um, on the other side of the ball, you know, you got if you want to throw a dart with Nick Vanette or Ed Dixon, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, equity or upside in in those plays. But, nah. but they're they're guys that have have caught touchdown passes. That's yep. about that's about but the you most have to, you can say about them. You have to guess which one it is which week. Like that, it's it's not like you know you've got one tight end that he may catch a touchdown that week, and if not, you know whatever nobody does it. But it's one week it's Dixon, the next week it's Vanette, the next week it's nobody, and then it, you know they flip flop back and forth. It, trying to guess them is like trying to pick out a running back in the Patriots' backfield, or uh, you know, back in the Shane Hannigan's day. Like you, you just you're better off staying away from it. Sure, and um, when considering the defenses in this game, uh, they are both actually decent defenses. Uh, I think that the the game plan from the opposing offenses may probably. Uh, limits their upside they 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 could be in play if you need to save some money at the defensive position all right then let's uh, go ahead and move along to the chargers at ravens which is amazingly a third rematch of the weekend <laughs> yeah there's rematches all over the place Last game was pretty ugly for the Chargers uh, when they faced faced this team. So, um, got any love for Philip Rivers this week? I do. I I actually I I really do. Um, this for whatever reason, this team. What's their record on the road? Like seven and one. When they go on the road, they are a completely different team. They play better than at home. Um, you know, and I think the last time they played, it was just a couple of weeks ago that it was their first week with Melvin Gordon back, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, I don't think he played in that game. Mm -hmm. That's possible. I don't think he played in that one. Well, we can, we'll look that up real quick, but I, I think, uh, I think, it's going to be a little bit more of a defensive matchup, if you ask me. Uh, he did, in fact, play in that game. He had 12 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he, I know he didn't. It was his first game back. It wasn't a full load, but. I, yeah. So, it, anyway, um, they had a look at Lamar Jackson. You got a little bit more on tape against what your defense does. Uh, I'm not going to say that they figured him out. I do think they contain him a little bit better. Uh, I don't expect this to be a high-scoring game by any means because uh, on one side of the ball, you got a QB that's not real good at throwing it, and you got on the other side, Philip Rivers, you've got a guy that likes to throw it a lot but does have a tendency to throw it to the other team, especially against a better defense like this. So this one will be interesting for me. Uh, I like the Chargers to win the game. I actually like the Chargers to uh, do quite well in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure how much shares I'll have of uh, either of these teams this week, though. How about you? It's interesting. Phillip Rivers um, had his worst game of the season against the Ravens last time. Only had 5.34 DraftKings points. Um, I don't think Melvin Gordon was at full steam. Uh, I, I actually like them to score more points than they did last time, which wasn't very much. Uh, however, I think Lamar Jackson is probably 
in consideration um, for cash viability this week. Uh, they he, He's got a little connection, it looks like, with his tight ends, so he's getting the ball. He's not passing a ton, but he's finding ways to get get some guys the ball. Unfortunately, I think the receivers are the ones that have been suffering the most in this offense. Um, but his rushing floor um, is just incredible. He's got the sixth most rushing yards in the league since week 11. That includes all your running backs. So that tells you what uh, this guy does. He's definitely got... Uh, some upside with those legs. I'm not sure how to call this game. I, I the, the Ravens are not a very fun or exciting team to watch. I'd like to uh, see the Chargers uh, win, um, but I guess what I care about this game doesn't really matter <laughs> from an excitement standpoint. We want to f- some fantasy analysis. I tend to tend to think that um, Melvin Gordon's not worth his price in this game. Uh, I don't like the running backs on uh, Baltimore's side, but if I was going to pick one, I would pick Kenneth Dixon. Um, he seems to have a little more receiving chops, absolutely, than. Um, Gus Edwards, but uh, and 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 actually ran the ball better than Gus Edwards did last week. Um, John Harbaugh seems to be a guy that likes to ride the hot hand, uh, so Kenneth Dixon seems to me like he might be the better option there. There's not a receiver on the um, Ravens that I probably even want to try to guess which one you know could catch three balls and a touchdown uh well real quick the the highest priced receiver for baltimore is john brown at 3700 and he might be overpriced i don't know i I mean that that should tell you something about how they've used their receiver since lamar jackson took over your highest priced receiver on that team your starting receiver is 3700 that's just crazy. You're, I mean, you're talking third string or sorry, third receiver receiver level for most teams at that point. I mean, or lower. The, so the only way I, I think those guys are are exciting is if maybe the Chargers did get up by a couple of scores and and the Ravens had to go back to Joe Flacco to try to open up the offense because. I, I don't think that Lamar Jackson is ready or capable of of opening it up at this point. Yeah, and it, there's some stat out there, and I, I'm not even going to pretend to give you the actual numbers, but, uh, you know, first-time or rookie QBs in the playoffs versus uh, QBs with 10 or more years' experience, like, it's it's just crazy, the, the win-loss disparity, so... What's the who's yeah. the, the last uh, rookie quarterback to win a playoff game was like Mark Sanchez. Okay, good old butt <laughs> fumble. Well, there you go. Anybody, anybody can do it. Hey, I will say this though, from a from a fantasy standpoint, forget winning the game or not. From a fantasy standpoint, uh, in this game, Philip Rivers or Lamar Jackson, there's a hundred dollar difference. I think if you're going to pick one of the two, you obviously go with Jackson just because of the rushing upside. Uh, I agree. Uh, Receiver-wise for Baltimore, I'm staying away as much as possible. I would not be surprised to see Gordon, if his ankle holds, uh, to get a lot of carries in this game to, uh, one, try to keep Lamar Jackson off the field a little bit, and two, to to keep them out of third and long distances so that uh, Baltimore doesn't pin their ears back. Uh, So I do expect quite a bit of Melvin Gordon if his ankle holds. Receiver standpoint, I think you have to talk about Keenan Allen just from a volume, a volume play. Uh, was Baltimore the game where Mike Williams went off? No, it was not because Philip Rivers had zero touchdown passes. So 
Okay. Um, Mike Williams, I believe, went off against the Chiefs, but um, yeah, yeah. Hey, the potentials there. I mean, you've got two Williams on that team that can run and high point a ball pretty good. Um, but I think if you're going pure volume, you got to look at Keenan Allen. Uh, if you're playing a tight end in this game, I'd lean towards Mark Andrews. I'm not sure uh, what's going on with the Hunter Henry situation for the Chargers, if they've come out and said he's going to play or not. I don't think they've even made him active. No, they, they activated him. They did did they activate, activate him, him today? Um, okay. I'm fairly sure, certain that I saw that they activated him. Um, he's mid-priced, 2500 um, He's only seven months removed from blowing his ACL. Uh, so you kind of um, got to take that in consideration. If if they play him, he, he's not in too much of a football shape. So I think, uh, what's the coach's name? Anthony? Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. He said uh, he would definitely be on a snap count if he does play. Uh, which, you know, he might be 10 to 15, but they could all be red zone. Uh, well, or... and I mean, that's the thing. If you're playing Mark Andrews at 3,500, uh, he may be on the field the whole time, but he may only see three balls. So even on a snap count with Hunter Henry, you may get the same same amount of volume. I, uh, I, I probably, just because I like the story and the headline, I'm going to play a tournament lineup with the Rivers and and Henry, uh, not not because it's smart money, but because it's fun money. So <laughs> you sentimental sap. I, I thought you were. I thought you were going to tell me you were going to play the Rivers Gates, the Rivers Gates there. But uh, I, I will tell you where I'm looking at this game. Uh, I I do plan on having some Melvin Gordon shares, and um, I think going defense on either side of the ball or either side of this game is not a bad play at their price point. I, I actually have, uh, when I try to make what I think might be a decent cash lineup, uh, I could never get the right combination that I wanted in there with the Bears defense, so I keep landing on the Ravens. Um, D, we'll see um, if over the next 36 hours that's where I... I end up, but uh, it's uh, yeah, definitely. This is the defensive defensive uh, game. It's low total, and I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of it. But uh, the Chargers have the more talented offensive players, so. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to game number four. Your Chicago Bears hosting the defending world champion Philadelphia Eagles and Big Dick Nick. Oh, whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Isn't that what they call him? I would not. I would not know. I'm gonna bet in his circles, probably not. Maybe that sounded. Maybe, that sounded really weird. Maybe I did that, that because I, I believe he's what? a fairly religious man. Uh, Adam <laughs> Adam Levitan calls him Big Dig Nick, so that's probably where I came up with that. Uh, uh, all right. Well, that's fun. Moving on. Um, this is the lowest scoring game from a Vegas standpoint. They got the line at 41. Yeah. Uh, You know, <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to homer this one. Well, it, it should be easy since you hate Trubisky. Yeah, but I man, do I love this this Bears defense is is Bear football. Uh, but you are talking about, as you mentioned, the defending Super Bowl champs, Doug Peterson, that seems to know what he's doing. Nick Foles that came in relief of Carson Wentz last year and uh, became the Super Bowl MVP. And somehow again this year, Carson Wentz goes down and here comes Nick Foles and he rallies that team and they end up making the playoffs. So you got to worry about that whole narrative and the just the specialness of it all. 
Here's here's the thing though. Um, you you did say it's the lowest total on the weekend. Chicago Bears have the second highest implied total at twenty three point seven five. So there's got to be some uh, offensive goodness there, and and I think that um, the Bears D has what it takes to uh, idle this Philly offense. It doesn't. The Philly offense of this season has not been the Philly offense of 2017. And um, with the loss of Frank Reich, who's in Indianapolis, and John DeFilippo, who went to Minnesota and didn't end up faring so well there, but they just have not um, maintained that excitement and well, they, I mean, they, they lost quite a bit of their, their backfield as well. I mean, let's let's not skip over that little piece. Their backfield took a huge hit this year. Sure, sure. So, and yeah, Chicago's got, you know, that second highest in play total. But you also got to keep in mind that you've got a pretty damn good scoring defense. So, you know, if if the defense doesn't score, I would not be surprised to see that number come down a little bit closer. I... Look, I, I want to say that this game is going to be uh, Bears defensive domination and all the Bears offense has to do is not give the ball away. But, well, the, you know, the, the, I'm skeptical. The, so, <laughs> I know. It's hard, as, as a Chicago fan, it's hard sometimes to not try to look for the negative. Uh, I, I think that there's a reason that the Bears are our biggest favorite Um of the weekend, the defense is going to be fired up. It looks like Eddie Jackson will be back this week. Uh, the um, one thing that Philly does is put good pressure on the quarterback. However, we've seen this offensive line neutralize Aaron Donald for the most part, who was the best defensive player um, in some people's opinion. Uh, this year. So um, I think that they can neutralize Fletcher Cox as well. Uh, getting Kyle Long back last week was a nice added bonus. Um, so I'm the Philly defense, I think gives up the, give up the second most uh, pass receptions to running backs uh, this year, which to me screams, Tariq Cohen game. And if it's a Tariq Cohen game, that's those are the games when Mitchell Trubisky has uh, shown out. As well, if... <laughs> that's a... and, and, hold on. As well, the um, Philadelphia um, secondary has been atrocious. So... With all of the receivers in tow, we have a little bit of a narrative here for Trey Burton playing against his old team. I think I heard him say that, you know, it's a lot of his friends on that other squad. He was in, there's four guys on the Philadelphia team who he stood up in their wedding. Um, I, <laughs> Trey Burton, uh, well, it is his buddies. I think he's going to want to show well. Uh, I, I, I'm going to, probably be playing I well I, I'll tell you this I'll definitely be playing more Mitch Trubisky this weekend on DraftKings than you will <laughs> that my friend is a true true story <laughs> but uh, I think probably for different reasons than what you think it, just real quick the Cohen game is when Trubisky shines I don't want to get it twisted that when Cohen does his special stuff, it makes Trubisky's stats look really good. I'm not going to give Trubisky a ton of credit for doing a five-yard dump off and watching Cohen run around for five minutes just to get eight yards. Okay. I, like I said, if if you've listened to this podcast throughout the year, you're going to know whose who stance, stance is where um, – I've, I'm under the opinion that the Bears have been kind of uh, dialing the reins back the last several weeks because they've had the luxury to. Um, 
so that they can uh, save the fun stuff for the playoffs. And I have a feeling that we are going to see a big Mitch Trubisky game this week. Well, I won't bet against you on that for multiple reasons. One, because the last time you called a big Trubisky game and I laughed you out of the building, he had the privilege of going against against uh, third-string Tampa Bay corners and went off. I think he was the number one QB that week. Um, Also also because I would prefer that you be right and the Bears just keep this game way out of hand – you know, and just bury the Eagles so that I don't have a coronary while I'm watching the game. Um, you're looking at a Cohen game. I'm actually going to flip over, and uh, I really like Jordan Howard this week. Uh, mostly because in the last couple of weeks, they've switched the blocking scheme that they use to run the ball, and it's seen Howard thrive. Uh, and because I do tend to think that after Trubisky's propensity to throw the ball to the other team uh, that that has something to do with their dial back Uh, so they started to figure out how to use Jordan Howard and if you can run the ball and you have good defense uh, that plays really well especially in playoff time so I I really like Jordan Howard at 4600 interesting I know he has actually shown out here the last several weeks and it's been a, a good uh, I think it's been real good for them to be able to show uh, that other side be, beyond the uh, the razzle dazzle that they showed earlier in the season that uh, to be able to show some uh, gritty football and, and control the game um, the uh, home road splits are pretty uh, significant for Trubisky, um, I was trying to find the, the stat there, but I think he averages about six points a uh, game more um, drafting points at home versus the road. Um, and and so as we we don't, it, it's hard for us to keep the homerism out of, <laughs> of this game. Um, obviously, we love the Bears defense. It, if, if you've been watching football this year, you know that they've uh, they've been the most exciting defense. They've turned the ball over. They've scored. They're having a lot of fun out there. They're ready to be out in front of this uh, Chicago crowd. And and I and I don't think um, Matt Nagy is going to let them be uh, complacent coming into the playoffs here. So. Um, all right. Well, we know where we stand on the bear side. Well, let's, here, here, let's flip that over. I was going to say, <laughs> why don't you what? Tell me um, your thoughts on Zach Ertz because the Bears have been very stingy against the tight end position. Yeah. So this is one of those toss-up plays for me because, uh, as you mentioned, that the Bears have been stingy against pretty much every position, and uh, you've got some some pretty good linebackers back there and uh, with Eddie Jackson back that, that definitely helps in the tight end play the, any other tight end. Usually I would just say absolutely not. But when you're talking about uh, a guy in Zach Ertz who has the same number of targets as like your top 10 receivers throughout the year, it's really hard to look past that. Um, I personally am not playing him just because of the price tag. Uh, I don't think I'd get enough return in value from that position at 6,400. Uh, that's not to say I don't think he, he won't have a, an okay game. I just don't think he, he returns enough value this week. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that the Bears um, are going to scheme against Ertz quite a bit, uh, and, and I – I've heard a little bit of chirping from Alshon Jeffrey, so I imagine that they're going to try to bracket him as well. The two guys on Philadelphia that I have been leaning towards the most um, when I'm trying to conceptualize lineups and whatnot would be Darren Sproles 
and Nelson Aguilar, actually. At the price, um, Sproles has been a nice little outlet here since he's gotten healthy for uh, Nick Foles. He's been involved in the passing game quite a bit. Uh, You're not going to run on the Bears. So if you're going to do anything from that position, it'll be out of the backfield. And Foles tends to uh, like to target Aguilar uh, more so than he does Golden Tate. So um, when you get to the um, third option in the receiver core behind Ertz and Jeffrey, I think that uh, Aguilar at his price makes for a decent GPP play anyway because I, I imagine that Philly's going to try to have have to try to throw the ball to to catch up towards the end of the game. It's interesting that you brought up Aguilar. I, I'm with you on the Sproles play. I think the uh, the way you attack this Bears pass rush is to uh, you know those quick runs and those little dump off screens that you know you force them that they got to slow down a little bit. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, according to Pro Football Focus, has the worst. QB or uh, cornerback matchup this week uh, at a negative 31%, which is just, <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't scream, don't play this guy. I, I don't know what does. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Alshon, I, I haven't seen the chirping, but he's, he's very familiar with soldier field, obviously uh, from his time with the bears. Um, you know, coming back home. So, I don't know. I don't hate the Alshon Jeffrey play. Uh, what's he What's he running this week? At 5,900, I don't think it's a terrible play. Um, I would probably play him over Aguilar, all things even, but your price does say otherwise. Uh, I'm staying away from Nick Foles. Uh, I don't like him in this spot. Uh, I would not actually be surprised if he doesn't get hit a couple times and they bring in, uh, you know, Wentz if he's ready to play or well, what Nathan Sudfeld behind him. I think so, I think they would be crazy to bring Carson Wentz in with a fracture in his back. I, well, I, I, well I, do, I don't disagree with you from it from just a human logical standpoint. I, the point of it is being is that you know Nick Foles dealing with bruised ribs if he gets popped a couple times, which. It's not like the Bears haven't hit a QB here and there this year. Um, oh, for sure, you know, for sure. Will, will he finish the game? You know, so which if he doesn't finish the game, you would think automatically hurts some of these other players. So I don't know. I think this is a tough spot. I think the game's going to be uh, closer than what the spread would indicate. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you can't go wrong playing the Bears defense. You can't. Uh, again, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, playing Philly on the off chance that Trubisky has one of his days. You know, if they do open it up, he has not been the most accurate passer. Sometimes he makes these gorgeous throws that you're just like, wow, this guy is incredible. But more often than not, he's overthrowing, underthrowing. Like, it would not be surprised me if, you know, he throws two picks in this game if that happens. So, God, I hope I'm wrong. But, you know, GPP play of having the Eagles in a defensive spot, why not? <laughs> no, I, the, the Eagles secondary is trash. Um, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, but I do think there is some sneaky, sneakiness uh, on the Bears' side of the ball um, again this week when everybody is going to be um, – Targeting that that Colts Texans game, um, I would say that you you could have some good uh, good uh, luck out of the uh, Bears side of the ball to uh, help you win some money in some tournaments. Uh, at, at the one note, this is a four game slate, but they're all stacked and on their own so it's important to look at your lineups um after towards the end of each game and see if you need to pivot to some more contrarian plays in order if if those guys you have 
are not uh, that have gone already haven't lived up to it just to give yourself a chance so make make good use of that late swipe swap yeah 100 this is one of those that if you're if you're going to commit to playing the slate that uh one would assume that you're going to pay attention you're not just going to set a lineup and go do other stuff like uh, i did last week so um yeah <laughs> pay attention <laughs> cool well bud i i think that um i just want to bask in the uh in the glory of the playoffs and the bears being in the playoffs. So um, rather than uh, let you lose another bet on Trubisky, I say we just uh, enjoy this one uh, and head into this weekend, uh, hoping not to make any uh, bad calls. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I think I've lost enough this year for uh, the foreseeable future. So (laughs) Sweet. So why don't you go ahead and tell people how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. Find me in those usual spots at JD West 22 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Hit me up, leave those comments. The interaction is everything for us. So keep them coming. Absolutely. I can be found on Twitter at Justin M West on Instagram, JMW 1977. Uh, You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at another bad call. Email us, anotherbadcall at gmail.com. I'll be better about making some blogs at uh, anotherbadcall.com as well. Um, If you're interested in checking out or maybe acquiring one of our snazzy new t-shirts, go ahead and hit us up. Uh, We uh, will definitely be uh, making some available for purchase. So, uh, and, and look out for some future contests where you might be able to get one as well. Um, and with that being said for JD, I'm Justin, keep on listening so we can help you avoid making another bad call.